Good morning. It's a privilege to share God's word with you this 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 morning hour. Um, this is the day the Lord has made. In fact, He makes every day. <laughs> now you might have heard it said to you this week, or even this morning, or said it yourself. I will pray for you. Now, when we say that, of course, we need to do it <laughs> and not just say it. You see, words are not enough. We actually need to pray. It is wonderful to know that someone is praying for us, especially when we're faced with difficult circumstances in our lives. Now, when we look at Scripture, we find that Jesus prayed for his disciples just before he went to the cross saying these words, praying these words in John 17, verse 11. Holy Father, keep them, that is the disciples, in your name which you have given me. Or how the NIV translates it a little bit different and says it this way. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. The name you gave me. And then in 1715, he says this, or prays this. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. We need that prayer, don't we? Jesus did not stop there. He went on to pray for those who would come after them. And that will include us. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That is through the gospel. So wonderful and reassuring that Jesus prayed for all who would believe in the message of the gospel. And continues to intercede for us according to Romans 8.34. Yes, Jesus cares about us and is praying that our faith will not fail. Jesus expresses that throughout John 17. He knows all about us. He knows about our situations we find ourselves in. And he knows how to pray for us. You see, Jesus was tempted in every way. Every temptation that we might face, he, he has faced. Yet, because he's the Savior of the world, he did not sin. But he experienced everything you and I can experience. So he understands what we're going through. And gives us the strength and comfort and presence to help us through it. We can rejoice and be reassured that we have such a friend, such a savior in heaven who is pulling for us, putting it in simple terms, urging us to keep on going and asking the Father to give us what we need. Then when Jesus left the world to return to his Father, when he ascended into heaven, he promised his followers the Holy Spirit Jesus describes 
him as another helper, an intercessor who would be with us forever. That includes today, right now. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is making intercession for us as we will read in the scripture this morning. Now, I list 18 through uh, 28. I'm going to just read Romans 8, 26 to 28. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. So what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, uh, first of all, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Verse 26 says, as we read, that the Holy Spirit, the Paracletos, as you've heard it named, helps us in our weakness. The word helper describes one who is by our side helping us to bear our load. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. Jesus said it himself in John 14, 16 and 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. And then the translators add helper to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the end of that verse. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. He's speaking to his disciples. He's speaking to us this morning. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. That's how close God is. Most of us would admit that our weaknesses are many. Few of us are as strong and effective as we think we should be spiritually. If we think we're strong, <laughs> we need to be careful with that. Now, sometimes we are weak in body. We all know, at least good many of us, how that goes. Uh, do you ever come face to face with the reality that your physical strength is decreasing? Young people would disagree with that. <laughs> Some of us just cannot do the same things we did when we were 21. Knees, ankles, hips, muscles. Relate to that? Uh, they all wear out eventually. As human beings, we all get tired no matter the age. In fact, Isaiah talks about it in chapter 40. It puts it this way, even youth grow weary and young men stumble and fall. True? Yeah. 
But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And they will mount up with wings like eagles. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. And then we are sometimes weak mentally. <clears throat> Throw a little pressure and a little stress at us and we cannot even think straight. Modify our sleep schedule and our mind wants to take a break on us. <laughs> then we sometimes are faced with emotional weaknesses. The Holy Spirit is there to help us. God created us with emotions, joy, sorrow, yes, even anger. But if we lack control in order to master them, then they can quickly become a liability. The emotions can. There are times we get discouraged, there are times we get tired physically, but we also know about being emotionally tired. Again, we need the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us and lives in every believer to come alongside us. And that's what Jesus promises. And we may have spiritual weakness as well. Sometimes we don't pray like we should. Or we don't pray regularly. Or we don't stay connected to God's word. We might allow our relationship with him to be put, that is with God and our Savior, put on the back burner. Why? Because of the simple busyness of life. You hear time and again, life is just busy. And we would agree with that, wouldn't we? Life sometimes gets very busy. And then... We're prone to make wrong decisions, sometimes relying on ourselves rather than on the Lord. Sometimes we compromise in areas of our lives we never thought we would. But God is gracious and forgiving, and that is the good news. Now, the main weakness Paul addresses here is that we do not know what to pray for. If it's up to us, we want blessings. <laughs> and that is good. And God promises these blessings to us. But when it comes to our human thinking, we also want more things like prosperity, uh, healing, no pain, no problem. We seem to forget that God has a plan for our lives. And sometimes he allows us to face adversity in order to, not to punish us, but to strengthen us. He allows us to walk through dark valleys so we will learn to trust him and not ourselves. The good news is that he helps us through these difficult times and fills us with peace and joy ourselves. So we can be a blessing to others as our worship leader encouraged us this morning. Others who might at one point or another face the same things in their lives as we've faced. 
Jesus himself prayed in the garden. He said this, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering pass from me. However, he committed himself to his Father's plan, and he added this, Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. We see time and again, if we are honest with ourselves, that we're weak and cannot begin to understand God's ways of shaping us into the people he wants us to become. So we need his help, even when it comes to talking with him. We don't always know how to pray. But this scripture tells us the Holy Spirit does. He knows how to pray for us on our behalf. He is willing to help us in our weakness. He will pray for us. If you don't find the words, he will find them. The truth is, God is less impressed with all the right words, with that perfect prayer that you sometimes hear people pray, as opposed to a sincere heart's cry, a literal groaning expressed in childlike fate. Psalm 10, 17 says, you hear, O Lord, the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry. <laughs> you listen to their cry. So if we cry out to God, no matter how awkward it might be, how difficult the words might come, it doesn't matter. God looks at the heart. Prayers mothered in broken sentences reflecting a broken heart are very precious to God. This leads us to our second point. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. The last part of verse 26 tells us how the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groans and words that we cannot express. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you just couldn't say what you wanted to say? Maybe in a conversation with someone, perhaps in a job interview and you didn't know what to, to say. When they asked you, why should I hire you? <laughs> when we come to God, the Holy Spirit expresses what needs to be expressed. Sometimes you're hurt and you don't know what to say to God. Sometimes you're so joyful you don't know what to say. <laughs> Things were so great, so big that no words, there were no words for, for it. Well, the Holy Spirit prayed for you and continues to do that. We need to recognize the Holy Spirit is always involved in our lives. He's involved when we're at work, when we're at play, when we're at home, when we're with our family, our friends, driving to and from work, 
when we're on vacation, when we just relax, or when we sing. Many, pray, many songs are prayers. Sometimes we don't pay attention to the, to the words of the songs because we know them so well. But they're prayers. And by the way, God indwells the praise of his people. You see, the fact is that the, the, the intercession, intercession for us is the work of the Holy Spirit. He works in harmony with God and connects us to God. If we're seeking the heart of God, when we seek God's will for our lives, then the Holy Spirit will help us in our search. And he will bring us to the right connection with God. When we do not have a clue how to pray for or what to do, he is there for us. When we've done all we can do and do not know how to go on, when we've prayed all we know how to pray, try resting in the Holy Spirit. Don't only try, actually totally trust and rest in him. Let him pray God's will into your life. Let the Holy Spirit pray God's will into your life. He always knows what he's doing because that is part of his divine purpose. He intercedes for the saints. And saints is not somebody just uh, in a statue or somebody who's being declared a saint as some groups will do. It's, it's Christians. It's somebody that believes in Jesus Christ. He's a, he, she is a saint. He intercedes for the saints, for the believers, in accordance with God's will. And that's what verse 27 says. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The New Living Translation puts it a little different explains it a bit, and the Father who knows all hearts, he knows your heart here this morning, he knows mine, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. No contradiction. You see, the Holy Spirit is always objective. He's never biased. He's never influenced by other things like we are. He always gives us the right advice. We, on the other hand, we are subjective. We are influenced by all kinds of things which surround us in this world. Our friends, circumstances, the job we have, the kind of weather we have or don't have. <laughs> um, the mood we're in, and on and on. He's all-knowing. To be honest, this morning, again, we know very little. He is strong, we are weak. In short, we can trust the Holy Spirit to pray exactly what is needed into our lives. Oftentimes, we might be doing something that we 
never thought we would do. But we did it. Oftentimes we might never ask for the things we exactly need, but the Holy Spirit knows and he asks for those things for us. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit weeds out those prayers that are not in line with God's will? The Holy Spirit knows our needs better than we do ourselves. And he pleads to the Father, raising desires to a higher and holier place. Accomplishing what is good for us and extending the Father's glory. Ultimately, that's what God is calling us to, to bring glory to him. Here's a little illustration to help us understand this. I believe that most of us have heard of St. Augustine, or Sister Augustine, one of the early church fathers. He was a very wicked young man when he was growing up in his youth. And historians tell about it. He himself told about it. His godly mother, Monica, had a heavy burden for his son. And when she learned that he was leaving and headed to Rome, she prayed that God would not let him go because she feared that he would fall deeper into sin there. But God allowed Augustine to go to Italy. And there he was gloriously saved, converted. Became one of the great leaders of the earlier church. See, God did not answer Monica's specific request. Because the Holy Spirit had redirected her request in line with God's will. Which was what she wanted to start with, of course. That's how God works at times. But he always does the right thing. And then, thirdly, the Holy Spirit prays for God's desired outcome in our lives, which we already have talked a bit about. He prays for God's desired outcome in our lives. Verse 28. And we know that in all things God works together for good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now this is a verse which we often use, but we often use it in the wrong context. And I know I have done that and perhaps still do it from time to time. When someone is going through difficulties uh, and uh, we tend to quote this verse to them. God works all things together for good. Well, he does, but there, it can have the opposite effect which, for which this verse was not intended for we, we quoted in the wrong situations at times. This verse tells us that the Holy Spirit has our best interest in mind, no doubt. But this is not a blanket promise for everyone. 
There are a couple of conditions attached to it, as you've noticed in this text. First, God is working for the good of those who love him. Now, what is the greatest things you could ever do? What is the greatest thing you could ever do? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Luke 20, 10, 27. And there's many other scriptures uh, that affirm this as well. If you love him with all your heart, you can be assured that he's working for your good. All of the things in your life are being worked out within God's loving plan for you if you love him. Now, if we find ourselves loving the world more than God, or loving our own lives more than God, or loving comfort or pleasure more than God, then we will not see the desired outcome necessarily. Now, I believe that God will still be working in your life. It may, however, come with more trials. Not because God is punishing you, but because God wants you committed to him. The Bible says that the way of the transgressor is hard. And we find that actually in Proverbs 13, 15. And I looked up, <clears throat> sometimes those footnotes are very revealing. So this, this little verse, the way of the transgressor's heart, is also translated the way of the wicked, the, the, the way of, of the transgressor is an enduring rut. Now we know all about ruts when it comes to uh, some of those uh, roads that haven't been plowed and there's, there's ice built. And once you're in that rut, you can't get out. Like I remember um, a good number of years ago, uh, there was a certain point going home, uh, I couldn't turn left because there were ruts. You can't get out of them. <laughs> and that's how, how uh, the writer of Proverbs describes the, the, the way of the transgressor. The only one who can get us out of the rut is the Lord. And if you're in that kind of rut, please ask the Lord to get you out of the rut. Um, so let's stay in love with Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit direct you in the ways of God and keep you away from the ways of the world. Then secondly, God is working for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. Now, there's a purpose you're here this morning. Now, God's purpose is to make us more like Jesus, that we would live for him. That's what he's called us to. So our motivating force is to cooperate or to, res to respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit to make us more like him. That's our purpose in life. Ultimately, the main purpose is, why did God create us? What, what's, what was his purpose? So that we would worship him. So that we would have fellowship with him. To live a life that brings glory to God. That's our purpose. 
That's our main purpose. And that's what he's called us to. So we need to ask um, with those I've talked to uh, over the years, even here, uh, I like to ask the question, ask what Jesus would do in the circumstance you face or the issues you might have with someone. <laughs> what would Jesus do? How would he respond? You see, because the Holy Spirit is praying for us according to the Father's will, God is working for our good. He doesn't leave us to do it on our own, no. He's there working for our good. Indeed, he's worthy of our devotions and our commitment to him. As we conclude this morning, we're reminded again, someone is praying for you. Somebody asked me this morning, what are you preaching on? I said, someone is praying for you. And they immediately said, Jesus is praying for me. Amen. Jesus is praying for you that your faith will not fail. And again, it's found uh, throughout John 17 specifically. And that God the Father will protect us from all harm. That's what Jesus is praying for. He's praying for your sanctification. Now that's a big word. It means to be set apart for God. Away from sin. And sanctification is something ongoing. We have been sanctified in the past. We're being sanctified now. We will be sanctified in the future. So, praise God. We, we've been saved in the past. If you've accepted Christ, you've been saved. You're being saved now. You'll be saved in the future. And then you see Jesus in that high priestly prayer prayed that all believers would be one, living in unity as the body of Christ. There's no greater witness for the world to see than the unity in the body of Christ. Again, the Holy Spirit is praying for you, for me, for us, for this church. When we are weak, he is strong. When we do not know how to pray, he prays for us according to the will of God. As a result, God is working for your good. He does not allow anything to come your way that you and he together cannot handle. God can handle anything. So if we stay on his side, he's there for us, lovingly sometimes correcting us but carrying us through. So wherever you need help, he's there to guide you. He's there to help you. Now we can leave here this morning with the assurance that we are going to make it because someone is praying for us, for you, for me. On our part, we have to trust him. My question is, are you trusting him? Are you trusting him? Are you trusting him as personal savior and Lord of your life? If you have not accepted Jesus as your personal savior, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, will draw you to him. 
So make this day a day to let the Holy Spirit lead you to Jesus as your Savior if you've not accepted him as your personal Savior. Simply accept him into your life as you repent of your sin. And ask him to fill you with his spirit. It's a simple prayer. Lord, I repent. I come to you. I trust you as my Savior and my Lord. If you have done that or are doing that even perhaps right now, then please do not just leave. Stop in the front here. Gerald and Hillary will be here. and Grace and I will be here. Or tell someone. Because it's one thing to just say this in your thoughts, in your mind. But tell someone. And let them hold you accountable. Again, praise God. You and I, we together can make it because the Holy Spirit is praying for us. Our Lord Jesus Christ himself is praying for us. Amen. Father, we praise you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. He went to seats for us even now. And Lord, as you've spoken to us through your word, we pray that you would, just in a very special way, direct us in our lives. Um, where we hurt, you would heal the hurt. Where we were full of joy, we would share that joy with others. And Father... If we need forgiveness, that we would come with a repentant heart and ask for your forgiveness and make you the Savior for our lives now and for all eternity. Amen.